0: family, that's what we're celebrating today, Christmas Day, the fact that God loved us so much that he would become one with us, that he would become one of us. Uh, The Bible talks about the length and the width and the height and the depth of God's love. And on Christmas Day, what we're celebrating is the depth, the depths that Jesus was willing to go into to to be with us. It's kind of like a few years ago when I talked my dad into going into the depths with me. I talked him into free diving with me at Sharks Cove through the underwater lava tubes. I don't recommend it for all of you out there. Uh, It's sketchy, really sketchy. You got to dive down 20 feet just to get into the entrance of these caves. Then you swim through them and then you hopefully have enough breath to get back up. But I talked my dad into it and so we went and we took deep breaths, dove through a few of them. We did fine and so I thought I'd let him take the lead on the next one. And so we took deep breaths Dove down 20 feet, got into the entrance of the tunnel. And I'd been in one this, in this one before, but I forgot that there was a fork in the tunnel. Well, my dad was in the lead, and he took the wrong turn at the fork in the tunnel. And so I yanked on his fin, trying to get him back, and he shook me off and kept going forward. I'm like, what, what are you doing? So I, I grabbed his fin again, tried to yank him back, and he just shook me off again and kept going. And so we're playing tug-of-war 20 feet underwater, For a good 20 or 30 seconds until finally I'm pretty much out of breath. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I went the right way, got out, surged up to the surface, took a breath. I look around. I don't see him. And so I get ready to dive down and try and find him. And that's when my dad explodes out of the water. He is coughing. He is sputtering. Somehow he found another way out of that tunnel. But he had to squeeze through a tight, tight, tiny little hole. And as he's, he's just coughing and sputtering, I'm like, Dad, what, why, what were you thinking? Why didn't you come back when I was tugging on your fin? And he's like, oh, that was you? <laughs> he's like, I thought my fin got stuck on a rock. <laughs> that was the last time my dad ever went freediving with me. That was the last time. Because that day, he almost gave up everything. He almost lost everything because he went down into the depths with me. Well, today, Christmas Day, what we're celebrating is how Jesus gave up everything to come into the depths with us. To come down to be with us and all so that he could redeem us. Today we're celebrating what Jesus gave up to redeem us. That's what Christmas is all about. I love the way that Paul phrased it in Philippians 2. Look at what he said. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself. He emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had become a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's the dive down that Jesus took to become Emmanuel. This staircase down into the depths, and each step down, Jesus gave up something huge. The first step down, Jesus gave up his glory. Like it said there in Philippians, though existing in the form of God, he did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Jesus exists in the form of God. What that means is he is God. Jesus is God. We know that because angels are always showing up around him. We heard that today. Around Bethlehem, the angels were gathered around singing They've always been around Jesus, singing to him. In Isaiah 6, there's a great picture that we get of Jesus sitting on his throne in heaven, and the angels are flying around singing to him. The angels are always singing to Jesus. I don't know if that's your experience in life. When I wake up, my wife and kids don't sing to me, okay? When I arrive at work, my coworkers don't sing to me. I don't understand why they don't do this, but nobody is singing to me as I move about my daily life. I don't know about you, That's my experience. When Jesus shows up for work, people sing to him all the time, and then they keep singing. Except when you read through the stories of the Gospels, you see the angels aren't singing after Bethlehem. You only see the angels a couple times in the life of Jesus when he was here on earth. Because Jesus, when he came to earth, he gave up his angel entourage Okay? He, he didn't travel around in style like the royalty that he was. He, he traveled around humbly like the, carpety, the, the carpenter that he became. He, he walked everywhere. He gave up his glory. He gave up his glory for us. And then the next step down, Jesus gave up his privilege. Like it said in Philippians, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. He emptied himself. He gave up all his privileges as God. He didn't not become God for some reason. He, he didn't give up his, his, his godly attributes. He, he set them aside and gave up his rights and privileges as God for the season that he was here on earth. He, he gave up his riches. Like it says in 2 Corinthians 8, though he was rich for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become spiritually Rich. Jesus gave up everything. He gave up his comforts. We know from the Gospels that he got tired. He got hungry. He got sad. Jesus got sad. You you know that Christmas carol, Away in a Manger? The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Fake news, all right? That's, That's not true. Jesus was a baby, and just like every other baby who's ever lived, Jesus cried. Jesus got hungry. He got uncomfortable, so you better believe he cried. He, he gave up his comforts. Jesus gave up his status as the one who is served. He stopped being a serve and became a servant. And that's why he gave everything up. He gave everything up to become one of us so that he could serve us. That's what Paul said in Philippians. He gave up everything so that he became become one of us, so that he could serve us. Imagine that. Imagine giving up thousands and thousands of dollars to join, like, the Pacific Club or Oahu Country Club. You've given up all this money so you can get in, be equal to the other members, but that's just so you can get in the door and start bussing the tables for the other members. You've given up all this money, but it's only so you'll be qualified to start serving people there. That's what Jesus did when he came to earth. That's why he emptied himself and gave up his glory and his privilege. It's so he could become one of us and so that's so he would be qualified to serve us. To serve us all the way to the ultimate act of servanthood. Here's the last step down that Jesus took. He gave up his life. Jesus gave up his life, like it said in Philippians, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even to death on a cross. He humbled himself. It doesn't say he was humbled. You know why? Because there's nobody in the universe who could humble Jesus except Jesus himself. He humbled himself, went down into the depths to become a man. And and not just a man, a mortal man, a man who died. And not just any kind of death. Paul said it, even death on a cross. The worst kind of death. So terrible that in the Roman Empire in those days, cross was a four-letter word. You didn't say that word in polite company. It was considered an obscenity. So if you, if you were like some of us and showed up to work with a, a gold cross on a chain around your neck, HR would have to get involved because it was that offensive to people to think about a cross. But that's how low Jesus was willing to go to that kind of death. He willingly stepped down to that kind of humility. He died on a cross to take away your sin, but then three days later, he rose from the grave to give you new life, and now he's ruling the universe. We know that from the next verse in Philippians. Look at what it says. In verse nine, Paul says, for this reason, God highly exalted him, highly exalted him and gave him the name, which is another way of saying the title, gave him the position that is above every other name. Jesus kept going lower and lower in humility, starting on Christmas Day, but that's so he could reascend in glory. He went down and down and down into humility so he could reascend in glory. And that resonates with all of us. It resonates with every one of us. It does. Think about every movie that you've ever seen. Doesn't matter if it's an action movie or romantic comedy. They've all got the same basic plot line. Same plot. You start out with the main character, you get to know him and something tragic or something traumatic happens. Like there's a bomb on the bus or there's an asteroid headed towards Earth or or the girl's boyfriend dumps her. You know, oh, something terrible has happened. It seems like things are going terrible. The main character gets bruised, beat up, scraped up and everything seems lost for a while. The nuclear bomb that was going to destroy the asteroid gets broken. The girl, I don't know, accidentally kisses her new boyfriend's best friend. Something happens that's just terrible. Everything seems lost. But then, at the end, somehow everything gets miraculously resolved. The earth is saved. The boyfriend comes back standing in the sunroof of a limousine holding flowers. You know, that's how it's always going to end. That's the basic plot line of every good story for all of history. You know why that is? Because that's the plot line of the greatest story in history. Jesus willingly humbled himself. He went down into the depths. He descended in humility so that he could reascend in glory. So what do we do with that, family? How do we respond to that? Well, Philippians tells us. Look at what it says in verse 10. Paul says, at the name of Jesus, because of all that he's done, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So we're talking about everybody here. Whether you're in heaven, hell, anywhere in between, you're gonna bow your knee, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day every single person who's ever lived is going to bow before Jesus. One day, every single person who's ever lived is going to confess Jesus as Lord to the glory of God the Father. Even if they do it grudgingly, they will bow before King Jesus. But family, we have the opportunity to do that joyfully. Not to wait for one day When we bow the knee grudgingly, we have the opportunity to bow our knee to Jesus joyfully because Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's why we celebrate Christmas Day, because Jesus came to give us life, not just eternal life, which is awesome, not just a get-out-of-hell-free card, which is awesome, but life to the full that starts right now. So, how do we respond at Christmas time? Here's how. Number one, receive Jesus. You receive Jesus. You take hold of Jesus. If you've never done that before, it's really, really easy. It's as easy as ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner, admit that you've rebelled against God. B, believe in Jesus. Believe that he lowered himself to the point of death on a cross to pay the penalty that you deserve for your sin. And then C, confess Jesus as your Lord. Confess him as the king of your life. And then you can start enjoying the life to the full that Jesus wants to bring. Receive Jesus, and then that'll empower you. Number two, to imitate Jesus. Imitate Jesus. Like it said at the beginning of this passage, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Adopt the same attitude as Christ Jesus, who was a servant. His whole life. Be a servant like Jesus. I know that doesn't come naturally, especially at this time of the year. I don't know about you, but man, driving around the last couple weeks, I've seen more road rage the last couple weeks than I've seen all year. Have you seen that? On my way to church Friday night, I almost get hit three times because people are rushing around trying to get different places. The last couple weeks, I've seen people yelling at the poor girls in the customer service desk. I haven't seen that all year. Why is it at Christmas time that people are the most frustrated? This is supposed to be the time of year that's about peace on earth and goodwill towards men, but man, people are more angry and selfish and ungenerous around this time than at any other time. Why is that? Because that's the way we're wired. We always want to know what's in it for me. What am I going to get out of this commitment? What am I going to gain from this person? But Jesus says, what can I give up for this person? What can I give up for this person? And he wants all of us who are his followers to be asking the same question. Jesus, he he wants to build a culture that's more about servanthood than selfishness. So this Christmas, family, let's imitate Jesus. Let's be more about servanthood than selfishness. This afternoon or this evening when you go to your family dinner, Take the initiative to do the dishes. Go take out the trash without anybody asking. Be a servant. Serve your family. Serve your friends, whoever you're gathered with today. Next week, look for ways to to serve your neighbors. Bring their trash can back in. You know, whatever you can do to serve your neighbors. When you get back to work, look for ways to serve your coworkers. Be the one person who actually refills the paper in the copy maker. That nobody wants to ever do that. Be the one person who charges the batteries on the job site. Nobody wants to do that. Be that guy. Be that person who serves the people around you. People might get weirded out because people aren't like that usually. That's okay. Jesus weirded people out too. But still. He did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant. Family, he served you. He served you through his birth, his perfect life, his death, and his resurrection. And he is still serving you in heaven. He's still serving you today. And so that's why we celebrate Christmas. We are celebrating Jesus, our servant. We are celebrating how God became a servant for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the heart of love, compassion, humility that would drive you to send your one and only son, to give up your one and only son for us. I would give up everything else in the world besides my kids, You gave us your son first. Thank you, Father. And King Jesus, we thank you that you would be willing to humble yourself. Nobody humbled you except you. Thank you for your heart of servanthood. That you would lower yourself to become one of us so that you could keep lowering yourself to serve us and ultimately die for us. And so, Father, I pray that if there is anyone here or anyone watching online who hasn't yet taken hold of Jesus, received Jesus as their Savior and their King, I pray that you would lead them to repent of their sin, to receive the grace and forgiveness of Jesus and to start living life under his reign so they can live life to the full like he promised. For all of us, I pray that this Christmas you would empower us through Jesus to be servants just like Jesus. Help us to serve our family, neighbors, co-workers, friends, so that we can embody the same kind of servanthood that led Jesus to give up everything for us. That's what we celebrate today, Christmas Day, and help us to celebrate that every day of the year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.